You're listening to Rates and Lanes with Rico Mohammed. This is the show where we improve your knowledge of the freight market, improve your bottom line, and improve the transportation industry as a whole. We're talking rates and lanes. Let's move on down the audio road. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. I am your host, Rico Mohammed, coming to you live from Atlanta, Georgia. Tonight, we will be joined by our special guest co-host, Mr. Chuck Snow of Traffics. Chuck, if you're on the line, go ahead and press number one. I think we have some issues with the screen, and we're going to get them up and on board here in just a second. Uh, but press number one so that they can see you and get you in uh, get you in line so we can get ready to come to you. We can see you. Um, but with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining the show tonight. This is the Rakes and Lanes podcast. We are looking forward to uh providing you guys with some action-packed material tonight. Uh, kind of a different show, a little bit of a different show that we haven't done uh, quite yet to the to the level that I want to try to attempt to pull this off tonight. Uh, I want to try to give some other information, some different things to kind of set some of the newer people up for success, and maybe some of us old dogs that, are, that have been in the business for a little while some things that we may not have considered to do to help us along in our journeys and trying to uh, set our companies and our, set our operations up for success. So we're going to try to give out a couple of little pointers, a couple of little tips. And once we start that portion of the show, if you have anything that we might happen to miss or something that you want to highlight that has helped you in your operation that you would love to pass on, feel free to press number one. We, wel- we always welcome your participation here on the show, and we're going to start off as we normally do. We're going to go ahead and get right into um, the uh, this week's USDA report. That should be up and on board on the Rates and Lanes Facebook page for your viewing pleasure as well. Uh, this week we got a couple of we have a couple of different markets that are showing some movement. Uh, markets that are showing absolute shortages are. San Luis Valley, Colorado, Upper Upper Valley, Twin Falls, Burley District, Idaho, North Dakota, Minnesota, Red River Valley, and Nebraska. Those areas are showing key shortages of of trucks in those areas. Uh, Areas that are showing a slight shortage of trucks is Idaho, Merle County, Oregon, Eastern North Carolina, Mexico crossing through Texas, Columbia Basin, Washington. Every other area is being reported right now as an adequate supply of trucks in those areas. Like I said, the full report, the link for the full report is up and available on the Race and Lanes Facebook page. You can go click that if you want to see the full report. and You can see more in-depth information as I always caution, the rate information that is provided on this uh, report from the USDA, do not <clears throat> put a lot of weight or credence in that particular report as far as the um, as far as the rate information is concerned. Uh, and even when we're running, when we when they send out this report, it's running a little bit, it's a little staggered behind. So you have to be cautious when you know. Make sure that you are doing your due diligence and doing your homework before you actually get into a market that we tell you, according to the report, is showing a slight shortage because it may have changed 
uh, since the time that they put the report out. But this is the latest report that they issued. It comes out every Wednesday uh, Wednesday afternoon, and uh, so that report is up on the Racing Lanes Facebook page. Moving right along, jumping over from that report over to this week's BAT Trend Lines report, for the week of October 15th through the 21st. Rates for vans and reefers dipped for the second week in a row, but flatbed prices continue to climb. The national average van rate fell $0.03 down to $2.04 per mile, which is well above normal for the season. Reefer rates were also down $0.03 after hitting a multi-year high the first week of October. Flatbed prices, however, have been climbing for the past two months, Flatbeds are in high demand as rebuilding efforts continue in areas affected by Hurricanes Irma and Harvey. Load-to-truck ratios remain elevated for all three types of equipment. So let's, with that being said, let's go ahead and dive on into a little bit more in-depth reporting. Let's take a look and see how dry vans were performing, see how the national van demand and capacity portion of the DAT report looks. For dry vans, dry van load posts declined 2% and truck posts increased by 2%, which caused the load-to-truck ratio to hold steady at 5.4 loads per truck. The load-to-truck ratio has declined over the past three weeks after hitting high, uh, after hitting the highest van load-to-truck ratio ever recorded in trend lines during the final week in September. Van rates fell three cents, but the national average van rate remains above the $2 per mile mark. Taking a look historically, the load to truck ratio jumps 28% in September. Van load posts were up 10% from August to September, while truck posts fell 14%. As a result, the September load to truck ratio increased 28% to 6.6 van loads per truck. Its highest monthly level in years, the ratio was up 120% compared to September of 2016. Taking a look and jumping over to see how the rates were performing for dry vans over the week of October 15th through the 21st. Van rates fell for the first, uh, excuse me, van rates fell for the second week in a row after peaking the first week of October. The national average van rate dipped $0.03 to $2.04 per mile. That's $0.07 higher than the September monthly average and $0.39 higher than than last October. It has been more than two years since van rates were above $2 per mile mark. Taking a look back historically, rates, uh, the national average van rate for September increased $0.18 to $1.97 per mile compared to August, the rate was 35 cents higher than it was than the average rate in September of 2016. Taking a look around the country, starting out in the northeastern portion of the United States, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania checks in showing an average spot market rate of $2.03 per mile. Moving down into the midwestern portion of the United, excuse me, moving down into the southeastern portion of the United States, Atlanta, Georgia takes in showing average spot market rates for dry vans at two dollars and twenty-one cents per mile. Moving up into Chicago, Chicago checks in showing average spot market rates out of the Midwest at two dollars and sixty-three cents per mile. Dropping down to Dallas in the Midwest, average dry van rates of one dollar and seventy-four cents per mile. 
wrapping up the report coming out of Los Angeles, the city of angels, out of the West Coast, the average spot market rate was $2.33 per mile. That will wrap up this week's van and demand uh, uh, van capacity report. Let's move on over and jump into the flatbed segment of the uh, demand and capacity report. After hitting the highest flatbed load-to-truck ratio in years during the last week of September, that load-to-truck ratio was 50.2 loads per truck. The ratio has eased off in the past three weeks. Load posts declined by 8% and truck posts increased by 1%. That caused the load-to-truck ratio to dip down to 37.5 loads, still a very high ratio. The national average flatbed rate moved one cent higher. Taking a look back historically, compared to August, flatbed load posts increased 14% in September, while truck posts decreased by 22%. That caused the load to truck ratio to increase 46% to jump up to 41.8 loads per truck. Compared to September of 2016, the ratio has soared by 227%. Uh, I forgot to mention the the national average diesel price um, has remained steady. Uh, it, it has climbed, excuse me, by 0.4%. The national diesel price is $2.80 per gallon right now. Moving on over, we're going to jump into flatbed rates. Uh, the rates for flatbeds. For October 15th through the 21st, rebuilding efforts in Florida and the Gulf Coast have put tremendous pressure on the flatbed market. And while van and reefer rates have fallen the past two weeks, flatbed rates continue to climb. The national average rate for flatbeds increased to one cent, increased one cent to $2.34 per mile on average. That's the highest average flatbed rate in more than two years. Taking a look historically, Flatbed rates increased per mile in September compared to August. The September national average of $2.26 per mile is the highest monthly average since December of 2014. Compared to September 2016, last month's average rate rose a whopping 38 cents to or 20%. Moving on, taking a look around the country by region for flatbeds on the spot market. Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, coming out of the northeast, shows an average spot market rate of $3.52 per mile. Atlanta, Georgia, checks in, representing the southeast, showing average spot market rates of $2.82 per mile. Rock Island checks in out of the Midwest, showing an average spot market rate of $3.03 per mile. Coming out of the south-central portion of the United States, Houston, Texas, showing $2.59 per mile on the spot market. Wrapping up the flatbed rate information for this week, coming out of Phoenix, Arizona, $1.91 per mile on average coming out of Phoenix. And moving right along, jumping over into uh, the segment that I paid the closest attention to, temperature control or reefer, the National Reefer Demand and Capacity Report. After hitting the highest average reefer load to truck ratio in years in late September, the ratio has backed off a bit. 
Low post declined 6% and truck post held steady, causing the low to truck ratio to slip 6% to 9.5 loads per truck. The national average reefer rate also moved lower compared to the previous week. Taking a look back historically, in September, reefer load post increased 11% and truck post declined by 10% compared to August. That caused the load-to-truck ratio to rise by 23% from 9.8 to 12 loads per truck nationally, the highest monthly load-to-truck ratio in more than two years. Compared to September of 2016, the load-to-truck ratio is up by 104%. Taking a look at the national reefer rates for the week of October the 15th through the 21st, National average reefer rate remains historically high, even though it fell three cents to two dollars and thirty-three cents per mile. This was the second week the rate average dipped since hitting the highest mark in in years during the week during the first week of October. The national load to truck ratio also fell, but it remains high at nine point five loads per truck. Taking a look back historically, the, historically, the September spot market rate average for reefers increased 15 cents from August to September, reaching $2.23 per mile. That's the highest monthly average in more than two years. The September average rate was 32 cents higher than the average rate for September of 2016. And that, ladies and gentlemen, wraps up this week's DAT report. If you would like to see more detailed information on this report, it is also up and available for you over on the Rates and Lanes, um, over on the Rates and Lanes Facebook page. And going to really quickly jump over to the bad broker report for this week. Uh, this report seems to uh, continually continue growing, which is not good news for us. Uh, I'm going to try to just limit it to – I'm not going to jump into because i got a lot of other information that I want to get to with this other thing that I want to talk about. So I'm going to give you the latest – the 10 latest ones that are on here. But make sure that you are utilizing um, all of your due diligence when, when, when dealing with someone – new in business that you haven't dealt with, and even the people that you have dealt with, you have to make sure that they are still uh, credit worthy. Make sure you're doing your due diligence on them as well. Uh, you know, if you start seeing the, the pay structure change or someone you're dealing with, it might be a good idea to go ahead and pull the credit. Just make sure that they're not going through anything uh, that you may be made aware of. The first entry on this bad broker report is TransSafe Logistics LLC or TransSafe Carriers Inc. That MC number is eight three four seven one seven. Surety bond is already canceled. Over eight thousand dollars in non-payment complaints have been reported. Omni Specialized LLC. That MC number is nine five seven six four one. FMCSA shows surety bond is already canceled. Over sixty thousand dollars and non-payment complaints have been reported. JNC Transport Transportation Corporation, that MC number is 582574. FMCSA shows trust fund is canceled over $19,000, and non-payment complaints have been reported. Lake State Brokerage, Inc., Lake State, Lake State Transport, 
That MC number is 246-129. FMCSA shows trust fund is canceled. Over $12,000 in non-payment complaints have been reported. Dash Logistics, that MC number is 899-982. Over $3,000 in non-payment complaints have been reported. T&B Logistics, MC number 960-098. FMCSA shows trust fund canceled. Over $57,000 in non-payment complaints have been reported. International Logistics Management, Inc., that MC number is 712-067. FMCSA shows surety bond is canceled. Over $13,000 in non-payment complaints have been reported. Valencia Freight Company, Inc., that MC number is 972-537. FMCSA shows trust fund canceled. Over $44,000 in non-payment complaints have been reported. Overland Express, LLC, MC number 515-790. Trust fund is canceled. Over $30,000 in non-payment complaints have been reported. TM Express, Inc., MC number is 623-133. Almost $18,000 in non-payment complaints have been reported. M&M Logistics Incorporated or Grace Trucking, Inc., MC number is 703-978. FMCSA shows surety bond scheduled for cancellation on 11-16-17. Over $40,000 in non-payment complaints have been reported. That is the last entry on the list, and with that being said, let's jump back over here, and uh, I hope that this is who we think it is. Let's see. Is this, is this Chuck Snow? You got him. All right. I wanted to make sure. I don't know where my screener is tonight. I'm, I'm having there was no screener. I, I just I pressed one, and I got you. <laughs> Oh, maybe I need to hit refresh or something because I, I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll send a text message over that way or something. I'm supposed to have a screener tonight. but um, Well, maybe they were busy <laughs> screening another call. <laughs> Uh-oh. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm going to send a message over that way really quickly. But, hey, Chuck, it's been a while. It's been a little while since we talked. What's going on? What's new with you guys over at Traffics? Well, we're busier than all heck. Um, there's lots of good things happening. I think the industry is really starting to feel the effects of the ELDs. Um, there seems to be a shortage of trucks everywhere. Uh, I think that more. what I'm seeing is more and more carriers and uh, independent owner-operators have migrated onto the electronic logs. And as a result, there seems to be a shortage of trucks because I think that people are playing by the rules and when it driver is delayed for six hours at a stop for, you know, unloading three skids, and we all know this happens, um, his day is shot. You know, he's not able to recoup those six hours. There's no easy way, there's no way at all to do this on a electronic log. So we're starting to see the effect. We have not seen the behavior change at most shippers and receivers, which is really unfortunate. So as a not result, no. Um, there'll have to be more pain, and the shippers and the receivers are just starting to feel it because, you know, as I said, there's, well, I think, there I seems think, to be a shortage of trucks. I think that, let, let, let's have a uh, let, let, let's put a 
uh, remember your point, because I, I, but I, I don't want to throw you off too bad. But let, let's have a little bit of let's talk about this one for just a second. I was having a conversation with a shipping clerk yesterday uh, about right. this situation as well. But I think that um, this should open up the conversation for negotiation immediately, especially on the spot market. For most guys, you can't you can't be scared to to, to start this vein of questioning. And since you wear both hats, Chuck, you tell me how you, what you think about it. But I think that most carriers need to start opening up the question on, okay, let, what are we negotiating as far as the tension is concerned? Because now we, we are operating under this ELD. We, everybody knows where we're supposed to be or whatever. We're going to make it on time. How should, should you being a broker, what would be a suggestion that you would, how, how could someone broach that subject with you if they were negotiating uh, uh, on one of your loads? Well, um, just tell the, first of all, number one, tell me what your rules are when we negotiate to start with. When I give you a load, say, listen, I will, uh, I'll take the load, but I'm giving you an hour to unload it. I'm giving you an hour to load it. And I can accept that or not. And if I really need your truck, I'm going to accept it. I'm going to put that pain on my customer and say, listen, you better have Rico loaded in an hour because after an hour, Rico puts his clock on. So that's the first way. I think it's got to be spelled out. Absolutely. And I think we're going to see more and more of that with these ELDs. The big worry, of course, has been with... With produce, you get into those real warm areas in South Texas and Arizona and California, um, even down in Florida and Georgia when, you know, it's scalding hot, and they've got to cool the produce down. And you get to that packing shed, and the, the produce is straight out of the field, and it's got to be cooled off, and there's not enough time, and they're trying to give you hot freight which, of course, won't arrive intact because your reefer's going to mess up. And right. that's where some of the problems are going to lie. Uh, the, you know, you're not going to be able to... How are you going to handle you know, the three-hour trip you took and now you've got to wait seven hours for that freight to cool down? You lost those seven hours. Right. So that's what... That, 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 I just wanted to kind of briefly uh, you know, submit that question to you really quickly. I, didn't, I, I hate I broke your flow, but I, I think that there was an opportunity for us to kind of explore that a little bit. 100%. You know what? And I think that customers are all of a sudden getting used to the idea that we are all negotiating with them. Uh, it has changed in the last 180 days from, where, from both hats and both desks where I sit. It's changed from being a buyer's market to a seller's market in a lot of lanes. Not all lanes. Some lanes are still weak. But right. an awful lot of lanes are, are really strong, um, especially, you know, you talk about anybody that's got open deck equipment going into some of those areas that were ravaged by uh, hurricanes and floods and forest fires. Well, there's lots going in. There's not as much coming out. So you have a freight imbalance. So you may gain your power in going, you know, when you're negotiating, taking a load into, uh, a, you know, into one of these areas that's been hard, you know, uh, hit pretty hard. And you may also have some power when it comes to getting unloaded. But looking for a backhaul out of there, there may be nothing. 
because a lot of those plants and uh, and distribution centers in those areas aren't operating yet. Absolutely, great, great segue too, uh, Chuck. I'm gonna I'm I'm kind of dip into, kind of, kind of reveal what the main thing that we wanted to talk about tonight, and we wanted to try to give you guys some inspiration, some tips, and some pointers, kind of a best practices, some things to help make your operation a little bit more efficient, uh, and to also uh, to help you guys increase your profit profitability. Um, one of the things, like uh, we were just talking about, when you're going into different areas, of course, we are in a technology age, and everybody, absolutely everybody, you're running a business now, and if you're running a mobile business from from the cab of your truck, if you're a one truck, Charlie, um, of course, if you if you have a fleet, then you, of course you got everything in the office that you would need. But if you're run one truck, Charlie, or whatever, and uh, or even if you one two trucks. And uh, you got company drivers, you know, a couple of company guys or even own operators working with you. Some essential things that you must have, in my humble opinion, in your truck. Uh, you must have a hotspot. If you're, you know, you got to have internet hotspot um, capabilities. I understand sometimes you may be in areas because that, that has happened to us trying to even do this podcast. We are not in an area where we have a good connectivity for a hotspot and it makes it impossible for us to be able to carry the show. Um, so when we don't broadcast from time to time, that's the reason why we may be in an area where we cannot even get a signal to uh, get up and on board to broadcast. Um, but the other thing, other than a hotspot, that I think is an absolute must-have in your truck is a flatbed printer. You can pick up a printer at Walmart, and don't just get a, don't just get a regular flatbed printer. Get a printer with a automatic feeder on it because you're going to have a lot of you're going to have a lot of different uh, uh things that may need to be scanned or whatever so get one with the automatic feeder on it so you're not actually sitting there having to lift the thing up and scan each individual copy individually you can kind of just stick stick whatever uh, uh paperwork that you have into the feeder hit the scan button let it go and if you're not familiar with um how to do these things uh, maybe ch- get somebody if if you have someone in your family that that understands the whole process of emailing and all of this stuff because you can save yourself a tremendous amount of trouble and time without having to go into the truck stop, not having to transflow. Every I, I know they have the transflow in the truck stops, but what if they got a line? You're trying to keep it moving, and it's really a nice little feature that you can have that once you at your receiver or whatever, and they sign your bill of lading, and you can come right into your truck scan that bill of lading up and email it right over to whoever it is that you want that, that whoever you're doing business with to, to show them a POD, uh, you know, five minutes after you delivered it. That That's just another thing that you can add to your repertoire and to your, to your tools, to your tool sector to make people want to and enjoy doing business with you because they don't even have to ask for those type of things. Um, just, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of hitting a lot of little hot button spots, uh, Chuck, anything that you want to add, and keep pressing number one, you guys. If you got questions or if you got something that you want to add to the conversation, I see you, and we are going to get your calls tonight. Well, you know what? Do you're right on the money there. Um, do whatever you can to collect your money immediately. That is so important, and if it means having a a printer or scanner in the truck, um, also letting you know. 
texting, calling, emailing that broker or that customer, let him, him or her know that it was the, your shipment was delivered. If the customer for this particular shipment doesn't need an original POD, there's money in the bank. If you can scan that POD and get it off to them, um, you're going to get paid quicker. You've got to turn your money. You know that trucking companies are one of the things that the um, KPIs that they use uh, in order to evaluate a trucking company is how fast they get paid, how fast they turn their money. And it's irrelevant whether you have one truck or 10,000. Money's money. Right. So you really want to get paid quicker. You know, the, the squeaky wheel gets clean, or it gets the grease. And we've had cases where a company's gone out of business, didn't pay us, and when everything happened, they said, you know what, if you would have had your bills in quicker, we would have paid you. That was an awful lesson I learned when I was younger. So you really want to bill quickly because you're laying and, out your money so I, quickly. Right, and I, I think that just like having, just like having, you know, most guys will make sure that they don't leave home without having tools in the, in the side box. I think having that printer scanner combination is is just as vital as as, as that, um, and, and having that hotspot. You know, I my my setup, I have my scanner printer flatbed into in the truck, and uh, I have it Bluetooth uh, uh, wireless internet capable. So there's not there's not a lot of wires running around. Everything is is, is wireless. It's it's on the same uh, hotspot that I'm that I'm on, so I can print from either my phone or my computer. Uh, and if you're not familiar with these, these things are not that hard to learn. And even if you are somewhat tech savvy, if you don't have anyone in your family that can show you or teach you, well, guess what? YouTube is an excellent tutorial. You can go to YouTube, type in what it is that you want to learn how to do, and I, I'm almost willing to guarantee you that there's uh, several videos showing you how to do it and probably even on the uh, type of uh, web browser or software that you have installed on on your um on your computer or 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 laptop or your um um tablet there's all types of different ways but these things are very critical for your operation to um so that you can respond at the speed of business you got it in a nutshell respond at the speed of business we need to you know we need to keep up even the the one truck operator really needs to keep up with the available technologies that are out there to make us more competitive. Okay. I just got word back from uh, my daughter. They're saying that something that we just talked about, they're saying something wrong with the internet, so they can't get on. So we're going to come to you callers. I'm going to be listening, listen out for your area code because we're going to be flying without a net here. So I'm going to be calling out your area code. Hopefully they get whatever's going on back on that, on the home front. They get that squared away so that I can, uh, uh, so we can actually see who it is that we're going to be bringing up and on board. Um, anything, other, any other points that you want to get to, Chuck? Before we, we're going to bring some callers in, I got we got a couple of other different points and highlights that we definitely want to hit. But anything you want to add as far as uh, hardware or stuff that should be uh, an up and coming truck company needs to have with them at all times? You know, I think. Being able to have email and being able to 
print. Those are the main things. Being able to take phone calls, obviously, everybody can do that. Those are the main things. The other things are things that you and I have talked about before and we'll talk about again tonight. But those are the main things at this point that are going to make you uh, they're going to make you competitive. They're going to keep you competitive. They're going to keep you on your edge. And that's where you have to be. We're all going to make it through this, and we're going to make it through flying colors, through this whole transition of BLDs. And a year or two from now, we'll laugh about it. And lots of us, most of us, that we go with the flow and learn how to adapt to these upcoming rules are going to do all right financially. I think, you know, wasting your time at coffee shops and truck stops, complaining about it's not going to help. There's nobody going to listen to us. We just have to see how we can make it work. And it'll work. We have no choice. Which which brings to mind when, when we talked about this a little earlier, Chuck, just want to throw this out there for the listeners. If you haven't uh, listened to the book or audio book or if you haven't read it, it's not a really thick book if you get the actual hard copy of it. Something that I highly recommend, uh, there's a book called Who Moved My Cheese? I, I can't remember the name of the author right off the top of my head, but the name, the title of the book is Who Moved My Cheese? Excellent, excellent book for understanding to uh, give you a, an insight or understanding the proper attitude on how to adjust and, and live with things that are changing, things that are beyond your control. Who Moved My Cheese? Definitely pick that book up. Check it out. Uh, you'll definitely enjoy it, and you'll definitely get something from it. Um, before I go into the next segment, because we got a bunch of people raising their hand, let's go ahead and mix in a couple of these calls real quick, Chuck. So, callers, listen out for your area code. I'm going to call you out. The first one that we have up is caller calling in from area code... Oh, we have Glenn. Looks like we got the call screen. It just popped in. We got Glenn. Glenn, you're up in the Timing, timing, timing. How can we help? Uh, yeah, hey, Chuck. Hey, Rico. I just had a comment and a question. My comment is, you know, Absolutely. it seems like all this talk about the uh, truck driver shortage again. The real answer is there's a warehouse worker shortage. When I get reefer loads, I know J.B. Hunt had a study a couple of years ago that 660 minutes where they talked about if they could uh, increase one hour of efficiency for the per day for the trucks that are on the road, that would be the equivalent of a 13% increase in capacity, which would more than cover the uh, shortage that the ATA talks about. And my question is on, uh, on uh, contract rates, because... Uh, you know, the past month and a month and a half, I've been I've been cleaning up fairly well, but you know, I I I stay within one region. I only stay in the Midwest. I don't like run to Florida, Georgia, right. California, etc. But other than my one direct customer, that's a big one, and their their rates are okay. But you know, they they keep me going, and they're good winter backup too. You know, like when I deal with some of these bigger companies uh when's a good time to talk to them about rates because i know they're you know they're they have to negotiate with the shippers and i was just curious you know about you guys' perspective on that right now of the coin i would talk to them immediately because rates are um rates are skyrocketing in a lot of not all lanes but um rates are definitely going up 
double double digit rate hike. Yeah, okay. uh, it depends on the lane. We've seen listen, we've seen some freight rates out of southern Ontario double in the last ninety days. Actually double. On outbound yeah, because outbound was depressed for the last uh eight or nine years. And we've been and what really happened was the um southbound uh, shippers were being subsidized by the northbound shippers. And all that's happened now is they've switched hats. And now the southbound shippers are having to subsidize some of the northbound shippers in, in some directions. But I think yeah. right now, the, the time now is to talk to your customer. I think that the, the spot market um, is the place to be. Um, I really don't want to get tied up with contractual rates if I can help it, because I don't know what's going to happen in future. If this, if everything goes the way it looks like it's going, and you're having so many drivers um, that were doing long distance all of a sudden saying, "Well, you know what? These ELDs, I really can't do this anymore because I can't afford to run coast to coast. So I'm going to run, uh, you know, 100 miles from my house and sleep in my own bed every night." And I think we may see more and more of that. And that's as we see that, then that's want, going to put a pressure on price. Go ahead. That, that's, what I, that's what I was going to ask you about that, because he was saying that uh, contract rates, you know, and, and having the ability to go in and talk to someone. But would 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 a, one, a guy that's got one truck, one truck, Charlie, he wants to grow his business a little bit, but... Uh, right now, he has the opportunity maybe to approach some direct shippers, and if he can approach direct shippers and get a good contract rate that's going to be set up, that's going to be suitable for, uh, he's going to be excellent profit margin for him and his operation, um, wouldn't you just go ahead and, and locking that in rather than taking the risk of just continually dealing on the spot market, giving up a little bit of the uh, entrepreneur, you know, giving up a little bit of the upward mobility of the spot market for in exchange for consistency and uh, uh, a consistency, consistency and good revenue over the long haul. You know, gentlemen, I have to tell you something. In uh, of the 43 years I've been in this business, uh, the last um, 35 to probably the last 35, I could probably tell you that I've seen two two or three real contracts, like real ironclad contracts. The other ones aren't worth the paper they're written on. And if you've got a contract for hauling for, if you get one right now hauling for $3 a mile and somebody walks in and they offer the same service for $2 a mile, watch how fast that contract gets changed and most small carriers and and service providers don't have the money to fight these big companies because they always put clauses in them Um, one thing I learned years ago from a business associate about any deals it's just like going into a crowded dance hall as soon as you get in there look for the exit just in case there's a fire and big business does that all the time they have exit clauses so should we. When you get into these contracts, you do need an escape route. So I wouldn't... Right. You may think you're very secure with a contract, but that contract 
will get broken if it's to the shipper's advantage. Trust me. Appreciate We're your We're all as good as our last load. All right, Glenn, you got anything else? Uh, nope. Appreciate your thoughts, Joe. I'll just get back to listening. Okay. All Thanks, right. Glenn. You back Appreciate the call. Really um, because we got so many on here, let's go grab another caller just because so, we want to try to make sure we get everybody in. Let's go and grab Sean. Sean, you're up and on board with Rico and Chuck. How can we help? Okay, you're mentioning seven hours trying to cool down the reefer. Your best bet at that point, if you know it's a consolidated load that's coming off the field, instead of waiting the seven hours, go to the bunk for eight hours with another two hours off, and you come out with a full set of hours. Also, got a true sign when... Sean coming with solution. Okay. Also, I have a true sine wave inverter so I can run a laser printer. Reliability with your service, reliability with your laser printer is so important. Um, Faxing and emailing happens all day long. I agree. Absolutely. And uh, Chuck, did you ever get that resolved where the uh, carrier decided to scoop my load on you guys? No, we, you know what, um, never really did, um, spoke to the customer and never got very far with it, to tell you the truth. It almost sounds so they like they're used to it. So in other words, they're not too scared of losing loads, so uh, unscrupulous carriers are going to take a load on them then? Is that what's going to happen? You know what, that's how it appears to be. Now, maybe, uh, maybe there's stuff going on behind the scenes that I don't see there. I know if I was shipping that product, I'd be really worried, and I tried to bring it to their attention. And the people that I spoke to didn't seem to be that worried. Now, me, I don't know what they do at the front gate at that plant that they're taking uh, pictures or they're taking photocopies of your driver's license and identification. Um, I know more and more plants are doing that now. I think it's good business practice. They did take my driver's license, but apparently the PO I came with was already picked up by this other carrier, but he was still in the lot, so they made sure that they didn't load him because your broker told me, no, you get loaded, we're going to make sure that he doesn't get loaded. So he ended up actually at the same meat inspection in Detroit as I was the next day. Wow. <laughs> with a different load. So I guess he has a bunch of customers that he deals with that, that he just goes and scoops up on. Well, we've had all sorts of weird things happen here in, in the last 38 years. Uh, I could write a book, and uh, one day I will. Hmm, interesting. Okay, thank you very much. Thanks for calling. All right, Sean. We appreciate it. Um, put Sean back on hold here for a second. Before we go and grab, we got a couple more calls we want to get to. Uh, just want to throw in another pointer, another tip to everybody that's listening in. And this one is absolutely critical if you are serious about trying to grow your company and grow your business. Um, I, I, and, and maybe Chuck can definitely highlight some of these things that I'm going to say here. Uh, but do you really have a relationship established with your bank? Uh, your banking company, have you actually went in and introduced yourself to the people that are handling your money? Do they know you by name? Um, You need to cultivate and develop that relationship, and you should have 
in my humble opinion, you should have more than one bank. You should have relationships with more than one bank. That does not necessarily say that all of your money uh, that you got to have, you know, every bit, every ounce and every penny in in those banks. But you need, at least have enough in there so that you can establish a rapport and uh, a relationship with those banks. Go ahead, um, introduce yourself. Go in with your suit, or uh, at least have a press shirt on or something. Go in there and look presentable, like you actually are running a company. Tell them what it is that you do. Let, explain to them what it is that you do. Let them get to know you, and and you get to know them. Uh, maybe even take them out, take one of them out to lunch. Hey, you know, uh, sit down and, and build that rapport, build that relationship. Um, do those things so that when it comes time for you to maybe look into equipment purchases, lines of credit, that you have, uh, you're not just going to be green coming in there. Don't go to them right when you need something. Go ahead and establish the relationship before you need something. Get some things built in. And, and 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 also, when you're doing that, you'll be surprised if you ask the right questions, if you have enough ammunition when you go in to talk with these people, they may have other customers that could actually turn into your customers that could become an introduction. So you have to make sure that you are utilizing the the, the, the simple things that might be right in front of you that you're not really thinking about but make sure that you're doing that. I got a couple other things I want to jump into that, but so far off the stuff that I said, want, I always want to get feedback and, and some uh, extra pointers from my mentor. Chuck, what, what do you think about those tips and pointers right there? Rico, you're right on the money there, buddy. It's, um, it's heartbreaking to see how hard so many of these people out there work because they don't have a relationship with a bank and they've got to spend a lot of money for financing through alternatives like factoring companies, selling your accounts receivables, when a lot of times these people have the money to finance them themselves. You may want to, you know, you may have a house or a piece of property uh, that you can get a loan on for a heck of a lot cheaper than what you can get it through a factoring company. Now, there's a time and place for factoring companies, but there's Far too much activity, as far as I'm concerned, in this industry. I think we've become very, very dependent on expensive financing, and I think it. I know for a fact that it hits the bottom line. When I talk to these carriers out there, both small and medium size, and I see how much their factoring charges are, their finance costs are, I know why they're not making money. So it's really indicative of a good operator to have a relationship with a bank. And you're right, you should have one with, if you can have one with two banks, then that's even better. You don't borrow money from both, but maybe um, one bank is really good with equipment financing, and another bank is better with accounts, you know, lending money on your accounts receivables. Banks will lend money on good accounts receivables. You, all you have to do in most cases, is shore up that line. So if you, have, if you need, let's say, $200,000 and you've got a home worth $500,000, you, uh, you can sign an agreement for a $200,000 line against your house and then use your accounts receivables as collateral. So what happens is they will give you 75% 
on the amount of your accounts receivable. So if you have $200,000 out there, they'll give you, you know, $150,000. They will, that would go first. That money would, they would take first if something happened before they would attack your home. But I think you're risking so much more sometimes in this business by paying exorbitant finance rates through factoring companies because that's all your money. And I don't think most people realize how expensive it is. You know, when it's, um, when it's 2% a month, which is fairly cheap right now, but I see that quite a bit, that's 24% a year. You can borrow yeah, money on your house really for about five percent. Most people don't really understand understand the math on that, and 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 it's it's it, sometimes it gets a little difficult to really break that down for the people to understand. But but just trust me that 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 what Truck just said that is absolutely correct. Um, and one more thing, if you are a person that's struggling, um, maybe have uh, some trouble credit or struggling with your credit. Uh, one tip, one pointer that you can use to kind of help shore that up and to kind of get things back in the right direction. Um, go to when you. I was talking about trying to establish those relationships with those banks. Well, take a thousand dollars and go in there and make a certificate of deposit and borrow your one thousand dollars back from that bank. That's the easiest way to get some good positive credit reporting. Uh, to your credit file, so that you can uh, get things shored up and can you know get things in a, in a little bit better standing. And if you can do that with two or three different banks, then that will help uh, the more positive things that you got in your favor being reported to credit agencies, the better. Um, and and I've, my recommendation: you want to have your hometown or small town bank. I like small town, hometown banks as my primary. Because, uh, you know, those are the people that are in your community and, you know, they know you, you can get to know them and you can build that bond and build that rapport, build that relationship. And many times, if you're talking to the right person at the branch, you can just get off the, off, you know, just off the relationship and the signature that, you know, go in there and just sign your name. And they don't really have to send a lot, some stuff, when, when you're dealing with smaller banks, they, a lot of stuff doesn't have to necessarily go up the line through underwriting. They have the ability to decision make right there um, at the at the smaller banks. Now, of course, if you are starting to get into a, a larger larger amounts of money and stuff like that, then of course you need to kind of unfortunately get in bed with some of the bigger uh, bigger national chain banks um, to try to try to get some you know to pull some other stuff off. But these are just little small little tips, little nuggets that you can utilize to try to help set yourself and set your business on, on a course of success. Um, anything you want to add to that, Chuck? No, I think that uh, I think you've given some really good sound advice. Go to the bank and set yourself up with a line of credit before you need it because Noah built the ark before it started to rain. And even if you don't need that line of credit, go in there and say, listen, I'm expanding my business. I need a line of credit. And start arranging it. Sometimes it doesn't happen overnight. Um, one of the good things is right now, um, the trucking industry has had rough time for the last little while, uh, up until the last quarter, let's say. 
uh, especially the big carriers. And those are the ones that they do the, you know, the bigger carriers are the ones that they really pay a lot of attention to just because they're so mammoth. And most of them have not set the world on fire uh, for the last couple of years. But now all of a sudden things have turned around. So it's a really good time to go into the banks and introduce yourself, get that line of credit, because we're becoming the darlings of Wall Street again this week. Now, some awful thing could happen you know, from now until next week's show, and then we'll become the devils of Wall Street. We're always that. But we are, as an industry, I think our industry and automotive are the two strongest indicators of how healthy or how sick an economy is. And when the economy is healthy, trucking is great. Doggone it. I'm looking at the clock. Time is flying. Let's pick up the pace a little bit. Let's get back to the callers. Let me go and grab Tony. Tony, you're up and on board with Rico and Chuck. How can we help? Hey, Rico and Chuck. Can y'all hear me? Yeah. Yes, sir. You caught oh, me loud and <laughs> Yeah, y'all caught me just as the light turned green at the dock. Um, anyway, I was just calling about the, uh, what you say, having the scanner and everything in the truck. We're actually like a two-truck, Charlie. We have two trucks, and uh, we use something that's an app called FastScan. And uh, basically, it's an app you put in your phone, and you can just take a picture of your BOLs or, you know, right. your paperwork and send it to whoever yep. you need to send it to. That's great. I, I, I like the apps and the smartphones. You have the capability of doing that. But I still recommend there's not a replacement for that. I like that 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 scanner where you can take all your paperwork and, and just put it in the feeder and let it feed in mm-hmm. there because, it, man, it's, it is nerve-wracking to sit there to try to take all these pictures of all this, and then sometimes it doesn't come through quite as right or it doesn't, it's not dark enough and you don't have the ability. I, I still recommend for, 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 you know, I still highly recommend having a laptop. I know people like tablets and all that. I still mm. recommend having the laptop and that computer. Uh, I mean, the, the, the laptop computer and that, and that scanner where you have the ability to scan, it just saves so much time. I had... Um, I had a uh, um, I had a multiple multiple stop load that I had, and this place, of mm-hmm. course, if you ever picked up from uh, Americold, the bill of lading from Americold uh, looks like uh, uh, almost looks like the New Testament. It's it's it, they <laughs> they come through with so many uh, uh, pieces of paper uh, attached in the bill. I'm like, why do they need all of this stuff? For these, for this particular load, for the, the way that they do it, when you mm-hmm. got a flatbed, when you got the scanner with the feeder on there, you, you know you can stick them in there, shoot that baby, hit the hit the scan button, and they'll just automatically scan right on through, and you and you not not missing a beat. And it's so nervous. I mean, I could just imagine having to sit there and take a picture of all 28 pages of that. That would just drive me batty. It's much. It's much more. It's much more efficient. That works when you got the one, the one or two uh, bill of ladings. You know, you mm. just snap those and, and, and do them real quickly. But when sometimes there are right. some bill of ladings, multiple stops and stuff like that, it helps. It, trust me, it helps out, and life just becomes a little bit, a uh, little bit less stressful. Uh, not having to worry about trying to get the perfect. Make sure you got the lighting right so you can get the right angle on the on the piece mm-hmm. of paper to snap the picture. That's right, yeah, right. definitely. You know. I still re- yeah you can have the you can have the uh, the scannable uh, apps on your phone those are great as well but I just still like the for for those purposes I like that scanner. I got you I yep. got you yeah we um we pretty much just run the southeast and 
so far, uh, the biggest, I guess, the uh, BOL bill we've ever had has only been like five pages. So, I mean, oh my so God, far, that's nothing. Been, you know, <laughs> yeah, it's nothing. It's nothing. So, it, like, right. right now, uh, this little BOL right now is only two pages, but I mean, so far we've been lucky, I guess. So, it sounds like it's something good to get if, if we ever run into those BOLs that are like 20 and 30 pages long. Oh yeah, and and even mm. for your and even for your second truck, I, I you know um, like I say, you can go to Walmart and pick these the, the the type of scanner that I'm talking about. You can go to Walmart for seventy five bucks and pick one of them up. Uh, you know they, they're not really expensive, and and if you got two trucks, okay. I recommend picking two of them up. It's, it's a business, you know. what I'm saying just make sure that you mm. uh, when you buy it, go ahead go ahead and make sure that you got backup supplies, backup paper, you know, backup reams of paper. Back up uh, ink cartridges or whatever, and that way you know what I'm saying. And, and as soon as you as soon as you put your backup in, put it on the to do list to go ahead and, and replenish that backup because sure enough you'll you'll mess around and get somewhere saying if you keep putting it off and you won't have no doggone ink or you know won't have no doggone paper and then what you're gonna do you know so so make sure you keep the supplies if you got the two make sure you got the supplies for the two so you got bullets in your gotcha. gun you're ready to shoot when you can. Charlie, All right. love the show and um, keep up the good work. Go Appreciate it, Tony. Thank you. Uh, let's go and grab. We got one more call. Well, we got somebody else just popped up, raised their hand. We're getting close to that time. Caller from the 416. I don't think my screen is keeping up with us. Caller from the 416. You're up and on board with Rico and Chuck. How can we help? Hey, how's it going? Good, good. good Hello? <clears throat> I'm all right. I just had a question. Uh, you sure. think there's any negative impact to switching your business account from one bank to another? No, not at all. Um, if you get a, a business does that all the time. If you get a better relationship or a better bank, um, th- there has to be a reason. You know, if you don't feel that your bank is giving you the service you need. Um, yeah, no, like I think- currently, like, I'm uh, like the bank I'm with just like their rates are ridiculous. Cause I know what my credit score is and my credit score is about as good as you can have it. Right. So right. like with, cause I tried to get like a business line of credit from them. I already have a, a personal line of credit with no balance or anything. Right. And uh, like they're offering like a ridiculous amount of interest. So, uh, I just went over to like a different, like a credit union. Ridiculously good or ridiculously bad? No, ridiculously bad. And I've talked to a few other people I know that uh, deal with the same bank and and they're in business. And they're like, honestly, like it's the worst one. Like I just, I went there because I had all my stuff there originally. So it was just, it was easy. Uh, But then I started looking around and they're like, for business, like they're the worst. You know so what? I wanted to- what happens here also uh, is um, some banks just don't like some industries. So you may have your. I could tell by your number. You're up in Canada, um, and as I've told Rico before, we only have five major banks in this whole country. Um, so if you've had a bank that uh, that's had bad experience with with trucking in general, they will give trucking a higher rate of interest. So get the heck out of there. You know, it's like anything else. If you have a, uh, you know, if you've, if you've got a fuel provider and somebody offers you a much better price on fuel, you're in business. Uh, you're in business to make money. Uh, 
go and move your account and go with the other people. Have, have you ever with dealt it. with? Yeah, have you ever dealt with any of the credit unions? Like I'm currently with uh, like TD, right? So that's who I've yep. been doing mo- most of my business with, right? So, right. Um, I just switched to Meridian because it's it's much closer, and like you look at the options for the accounts, it's it's like ridiculously better. Well, I have to tell you, the only um, I know who Meridian is actually, and I've heard of really good things about them for uh, for things like mortgages, and uh, and for you know for just for personal uh, business. I haven't heard much about Meridian for businesses. Now there was another credit union I was very familiar with up in Canada called Duca uh, D U C A, and. A friend of mine years ago had gotten a very healthy line of credit in another business who told me about it. I had Duca in um, probably about 19 years ago, and we almost did a deal with them, but it just it just didn't work. Um, they weren't as good as the bank I was with at the time, so we ended up not going with Duca. And then about right after, right during the recession. I actually did pretty good during the recession, but I was having a little bit of an issue with the bank. Actually, it wasn't even the bank manager. He was just the guy they had given me to deal with and uh, couldn't stand him. And I decided to call Duca Credit Union. And when I called there and I said, yes, we're a logistics company, they basically yelled at me and hung up the phone uh, because they had gotten ripped off by so many logistics companies at the time. So, yeah. you know, every bank, and I'm sure this happens in the good old U.S. of A., uh, every bank has some industries that they really don't want to deal with. And, you know, if, if Meridian wants to deal with you, take your business there. My only concern is, there's an old expression, don't buy your, your meat and your bread at the same place. It's well, no, now I'm, I, I, I've split between uh, three banks, right? So I have a little okay, bit good. with each bank. Like I, I do a little bit of business with uh, with Bank of Montreal because they they offered me a, a better rate on a line of credit like before I had started my business because I needed to make sure I had a, enough funds for, you know, a bad day. Right, now and, I get it. Uh, yeah, so like they gave me a better offer, so I, I I moved a little bit of business there, and now because of the uh, the actual business account, um, like I said, I just went there because that's where the majority of my my dealings were with. But uh, right. you know, I'm doing my research now. It's just not a good deal. Well, so no, go with, like you know, go with the one that suits you best. You're running the business. Perfect. Thank you very much. Thanks for calling. Be safe. All right. Thank you. And Joe, we're going to go grab Joe. Joe, you're going to be the last caller of the night. You're up and on board with Rico and Chuck. How can we help? Okay, gentlemen, if you don't mind, I've got a list of things that I just would like to put out there based on the topics we're talking about tonight. And I'm going to tell you my experiences real quick. I'll go through them. You guys could absorb them, talk about them later, whatever. You're talking about contracts. My understanding on contracts has always been the contract is nothing more than a billing procedure. A lot of drivers tend to think 
that because they have a contract with the customer, the customer has to give them the work. He doesn't. He probably has a contract with three other people because he's protecting his butt. Another item. Good point. Billing. When you're, when you're doing billing, I had a friend of mine say, why do you put 30 days or 60 days on the bill? You write on your bill that your bill is to be paid to you upon the receipt. They're receiving yes, your bill. And the reason why is because most companies, they will take my bill that says pay immediately. Rico, they'll take yours that says 30 days and somebody else says 45 days. They've got 45-day bill to the back. They put Rico's, your 30-day, to the back, and they pay mine first. Only because if they don't have to pay for 45 days or 30 days, they're not going to. They're going to hold on to their own money as long as possible in case they need it for something else. It's just kind of like a common-sense scenario. And that was told to, to me by somebody who's in the accounting department paying bills. Uh, Good point. Another thing. You guys talking about um, buying equipment and, and financing it. I run very old equipment. I've always done it Man, that bro. way. Guys, guys get tied up. You know, I see them, you know, oh, my truck gives me trouble. I, I think I got to go get a new one. Are you crazy? Fix the one you got. I'm running an <laughs> 01 right now with a 1999 trailer. The trailer, I paid $7,500 for it 12 years ago, and the, the truck, the old one wow. I'm driving, I paid 44000 for it. I got a million seven on it. Okay, guys, don't get tied up in trying to have nice, fancy equipment because that's where your money's right. going. And my other big point here, since the ELD came in, I went and bought myself a 99, and I'm going to try to run that. All right, are looking for equipment. March, April of this year coming should be an excellent time to buy equipment because the guys that are losing money each month because of the ELD, they're going to lose at least a day or two days a week. They're, that means their revenue is going to decrease by that much every week. In three or four months, they can't make their payments. So I believe the market will be flooded with equipment, and you can buy what you want for the price you want to pay. Um, and just the last item, uh, talking about banks. Don't forget, banks make money on their fees. You know, the gentleman that was just on, let your bank know that you're using the bank down the street for something else. You know, let Bank 1 know about Bank 2 and Bank 2 know about Bank 3 because eventually you're going to get one of those guys who's going to be smart and he's going to say, what's it going to take for you to do all your banking here? And you just nicely say, well, I don't really know yet, but let me see. What do you got to offer? Show me your hands. Because people forget we are a consumer as a business. We're consuming them, the bank's. They want our business. If they don't want our business, then go to somebody else. So that's all I got for you guys. You could, you know, pull that apart any way you want. But that's how I run my business. 
Um, and I'll, I'll just leave you with this. I've been in business since 1983. I've spent, no. with my last truck I bought, that I spent ten five on it, okay? I've spent $127,000 on trucks since 1983. Divide that over the years. What do I spend a year for trucks? Less than $4,000 a year on trucks. All right, a guy will go out today and pay 150 grand for a brand new truck. You don't need it, guys. <laughs> Have a good night. I appreciate the Thank time, guys. Great if anybody call, Joe. Thank up you. A point, appreciate it, Joe. Appreciate it, Joe. Great points. Great points. We, I love it. I love it. I love every bit of it. And that's what we want to try to get more and more of on the show. We want to try to get more and more information in you guys' hands so that you can, um, you know, if you're struggling out here, and give you some inspiration to know that you can make it, some different tips, some different pointers that you may not, you know, it just may not, you don't know what you don't know is what, is what I always say. And those things, you know, some of those things can help get the juices flowing and some tips from other people can help spark because we always, we always, when we have uh, the collective contributing to the conversation, just like what Joe just brought to the table, we always benefit. Everybody always benefits from, from that type of discussion. Uh, Chuck, we are out of time. That was Let's quick. Tell the people how they can get in contact with you. Yeah, it, went, it flew by. Wow, I, I don't know what happened there. That was, <laughs> <laughs> that was really fun, and it was, it was quick. It was like a ride at the amusement park. <laughs> We are in overtime. Good thing. Good thing. I, I scheduled it for a little bit longer because I had a feeling that we would run over, and I wanted to make sure that all of this was recorded for people that co go back and listen to the recorded show. Uh, and, and maybe we may even uh, pick this up uh, again and go a little further in depth on some other things here in the future. But th this, you know, it's kind of along the lines. I want to give some real actionable stuff out to some people and get people thinking and, and, and give people, you know, just because just, I know we got a few, we, we've gotten a few new listeners, uh, a few new people have come on board, and it, it's time to kind of maybe go back a little bit, take a step back and maybe start from the beginning. And and uh, and even some of the old guys that's been with us from the start, you know, may, maybe, you know, I don't know, maybe someone, hopefully everyone got something out of the discussion for tonight. Oh, I think so. There was a lot that was said. Anyways, people can call Absolutely. me directly. Uh, if they want to phone me, they can call 800-388-4352, and my extension is 203. That's really important, folks. Don't call here without an extension because there's a 100 and some odd lines, and You'll go through voicemail hell. I don't want that to happen to any of our friends out there. Um, if you want to call my Dallas office, if you're in that area um, in the south, uh, you can call 888-713-5189, and their, their extension is 721. And for the Midwest and Eastern Seaboard, you can call our Chicago operation at 888-253-8010, extension 743. Or you can email me, right. chuck at traffics.com. 
All right. Hopefully everyone got that. Um, going, I'm working on a show. Uh, I want to try to get uh, Mr. Dale Howard, our good friend. I want to try to get him up and on board. We want to try to talk a little bit of uh, compliance. We got a couple. I got a couple of different things uh, that I want to try to pull on some resources from another member of the Less Truck team. So uh, we're going to be looking forward to that. If you got some questions or something like that uh, as far as compliance, if you don't know who Mr. Dale Howard is, uh, you know he actually was uh, he's former employee of yours, right, Chuck? Yeah, uh, he worked for us, uh, with us at our Calgary terminal. Uh, phenomenal guy. Um, he really knows his stuff, and he's, he's very entertaining. He's a lot of fun. Right, right. But he's uh, now he's a trucker, former uh, um, um, compliance officer when it comes to big trucks, so we can, we can bounce a couple of things off of him. So if you got questions about anything about compliance, drop us a line over on the Racing Lanes Facebook page. We want to try to get that information in when we try to get prepared for the show. Not sure if we're going to be able to pull it off next week just yet, but it's going to be coming down the pike. Uh, we got to get together and, uh, and, and kind of bounce with a couple of different ideas off of one another. But we want to bring that information to you guys and want to just thank you for taking time out of your schedule, for tuning in, listening to the show telling someone about the show i definitely uh definitely appreciate it continue to do that tell tell some tell a friend to tell a friend um we want to try to grow it and get it bigger and better um also we want to uh so definitely the biggest thanks goes out to you guys for doing that and of course we want to thank the entire less truck team it's a team effort we want to thank everyone that helps contribute to make this thing possible from the ladies um, my, 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 my go-to lady, Brandy, I don't know if she gets to listen in very much, but, uh, she, she's, uh, integral on, on sending out text messages and all of that stuff. So Kevin and Lisa Rutherford for providing us with the platform to bring you this show. We want to thank you guys. Um, God bless you. Good night. And like we always say at the end of the show, keep it in between the mustard and the mayonnaise guys. We'll talk to you next week. God willing. God bless. Good night, Be safe, Rico. Good night. Thank you. Thanks for joining us on Rates and Lanes. If you like what you heard here, leave us a rating and review on iTunes or listen to our other shows at audioroad.letstruck.com. To get in touch with our tribe, call us at 855-800-FUEL. That's 855-800-3835. Thanks for joining us for the ride down the audio road.